Well, well, today we're going to be in the book of Mark. Uh, we're going to continue our series in, in Missing Greatness. And today is really about uh, hometown heroes. And <coughs> the city of Houston has had a tough time with hometown heroes lately. It all started with DeAndre Hopkins. And he left. And then George Springer, Springer Dingers. He's gone. James Harden. Now J.J. Watt, I know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make you sad today, but, and probably Deshaun Watson soon enough. But it's tough sometimes uh, being in your hometown and getting the respect you deserve, being among your friends and your family, the people that know you the best. And, and sometimes we don't realize the greatness that we have among us until we lose it. And, and perhaps our, our professional teams in the Houston area will soon begin to understand that in a very real sense. But today I want us to to look at a scripture that is rather odd. Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth actually for the second time and he begins to share there and people just, they're not interested in him. This is the the king of the universe, the the creator of all, the the Messiah, the Holy One of God, and they don't want him. And we're going to see how easy it is for us, like the Nazarites, those from Nazareth, Nazarite is a different thing, those from Nazareth to, to miss the greatness that is standing before them. And how if we're not careful, uh, we might do the same thing. And so if you've got your Bible, uh, we're going to turn to Mark 6 and look at verses 1 through 6. This passage is also in Matthew 13 if you want to read it from that perspective someday. But in Mark 6, verse 1, it says this. He went away from there, and there was Capernaum, and he came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could not do mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he, not they, he, Jesus, marveled because of their unbelief. And he went among the villages teaching The title of the sermon today is The Wrong Family. Jesus was from the wrong family. And so the folks in his hometown didn't want to listen to him because of the family that he grew up in. And I'm amazed at this story because Jesus, as I said, went to Nazareth for the second time. The first time he went back to Nazareth as an adult is found in Luke chapter 4. You can read that later, but here's the summary. He went there, and they tried to kill him. 
by throwing him off of a cliff. Now, not, not just like any old, like, hey, we don't like you. Hey, Mr. Big Time, go on. No, they tried to throw him off of a cliff. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I'm not sure I'd want to go back to my hometown a second time if the first time they tried to throw me off a cliff. But that's just me. But Jesus was determined to go back. That's not quite the, hey, here's a giant billboard at the front of town or name a street after you kind of reception that you would think a hometown hero would get. The Messiah, the the savior of the world. Can you imagine those of you that grew up here in Friendswood or Pearland, League City, you went away for a few years and you came back and they put a warrant out for your arrest just for showing up. That's the equivalent of what Jesus went through. And so I'm I'm amazed that he even took the 20-mile journey. That's what it was, a 20-mile walk from Capernaum, where he was, to Nazareth. He walked 20 miles with his disciples, this four, five, six, seven-hour walk that they took, preparing his disciples for a future of ministry And this was going to be the -the on-the-job training they needed. Hey, come back to my hometown. Remember the last time I was here, just to let you know, they tried to throw me off a cliff. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty fun this time. But hey, come along. It'll be okay. And so can you imagine for 20 miles thinking, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what they're going to say. I wonder how they're going to respond this time. But he kept going and he arrived there. It would have been tough for me to go back. And I want to remind all of us that Jesus' mission never changed. He came to seek and to save the lost. And if there were lost people in Nazareth, those who did not have a right relationship with their heavenly father, then he was going to go to that place And he was going to share the truth. He was going to share faith in himself. He was going to share the scriptures. He was going to bring hope and peace to them, even if they didn't want it. That was his desire. That was his mission. And let me remind all of us that he gives us the very same mission. And so we should be willing to go to those hard and challenging and difficult And people who don't want to listen to us, who who might be mean to us, who probably won't throw us off a cliff because we don't have any cliffs around here. So you don't have to worry about that one. But we have the same mission. His mission never changed, to seek and to save the lost. And he gives us the same mission. And so his disciples and he make it to Nazareth, his hometown. And this rejection that he's about to experience is simply a foreshadowing of the rejection he's ultimately going to face in Jerusalem that will lead to his death on a cross. And so here he is in the synagogue teaching. 
Everyone is astonished. Everyone is amazed at his teaching. This is the funny part to me. Like, hey, this guy's saying some amazing things. Where, where, where is this coming from? It's, it's astounding how smart and wise, how he understands the scriptures. It's unbelievable. They're, they're overwhelmed at how great of a teacher he is. But rather than honoring him, the negativity begins almost immediately. I know none of us know what that's like. You do something great and everyone just rallies to your side tells you how awesome you are. Or someone in your sphere of influence, maybe a coworker, a classmate, maybe a friend, a family member has great success and you're just ready to high, well, fist bump them these days. Tell them how wonderful they are. That, that's always our natural tendency, right? To just to exalt one another. People haven't changed from the existence of time. And so here they are. They see this hometown carpenter boy has kind of figured out what it means to understand the scriptures, what it means to teach with authority, to have power and insight. And they're not sure they like that. And so the negativity begins immediately. Where did he get all these things? How did he get this wisdom? How did he get this wisdom? Remember, what's Jesus? He's a carpenter's son. He didn't have formal education, didn't have formal training, didn't go to the right synagogue schools. He wasn't under the certain rabbi, none of that. He didn't have any of that. And so how could he get these things? How was he able to do these mighty works? Today it might be, well, where did you go to seminary? What conferences have you been to? What have you been reading? Who told you that? Because you're sure not smart enough to come up with it on your own. That's the line of questioning here. And I know that exists today because I just have to go on social media and someone share a thought. And then you'll have 95 comments regarding everyone else's expertise. And that's the scene here. Jesus speaks with authority and power. And they want to immediately just sort of cut his legs out from underneath him. How is he able to do these mighty works? He's just a carpenter's son. Isn't he a carpenter? A common laborer like the rest of us. That's what he is. Isn't he the son of Mary? Now, most of us would just kind of pass right over that. But in the ancient Near East, that was a tremendous insult. The son of Mary, because if you were to be introduced properly, he would have been the son of Joseph. But because they said the son of Mary, they implied his illegitimate birth. That he was the, the son of sexual immorality. And the Pharisees later on accused him of the same thing. John chapter 8, they, they accused him of being born of sexual immorality. And yet they, the Pharisees, they were born of God. 
And so you see this little dig after dig after dig after dig at Jesus. Don't, don't we know his brothers and his sisters? James, you, you might know James. Oh yeah, the guy that led the early church. The guy who wrote the book of James. Yeah, he's a real dullard. He's got nothing to offer. God led the church, wrote a book, and Judas here is more than likely actually the person of Jude who wrote the book of Jude in the New Testament. These siblings that were born after Jesus to Mary and Joseph. But I want to give you some encouragement today, church, because as I look at the questions that these people asked of Jesus, because he was this common laborer just like them that they could not accept. They couldn't accept his wisdom and his authority. I want to encourage you that no matter what your background is, no matter what your education is, no no matter how long you've been um, in church, no matter how long you've followed Jesus, don't let someone else tell you that you don't have something to give that you don't have the greatness of God living in you, that the the power of the Spirit lives in you and you have an opportunity to share wisdom and truth, grace and love, that that you could have wisdom beyond your years even though you haven't read one commentary. It's okay. And don't don't ever think that because you don't have the New Testament memorized, because I don't know anybody in the room that does, because you don't have the New Testament memorized that you're not good enough to share the simple story of I was blind and now I see. If you've placed your faith in Christ, then you have a story to tell and you have greatness within you. You have it. God has shaped you throughout your life and that's what we've been talking about on the missional pathway if you, didn't, if you weren't here this past weekend, you better mark May 14 and 15 down your calendar. You need to be there and be a part of that so that you can see how God has shaped you throughout your life, how he's moved, how he's brought people in and out, how he's brought you through circumstances, both bad and good, to give you an opportunity to speak to people who've been through those same kind of situations. And so it doesn't matter your education level. It doesn't matter your job. It doesn't matter any of those things. It simply is a matter of obedience. That I have the power of the resurrection living inside of me. And so I can speak truth in power. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever shy away from that. Don't ever think that you're not good enough to declare the truth of God to somebody else because Jesus lives inside you. And so these people, as they listen to their hometown kid, this hometown carpenter come back, as they listen to him, they question him time after time after time. And it basically boils down to these things that this Jesus is saying, this carpenter, Mary's son, oh, by the way, you know, Mary's son, 
It's either from God, from man, or from Satan, and surely it wasn't from God in their mind because he's like the rest of us. He's just a common person. And isn't that the natural tendency for all of us? The natural tendency is for all of us to bring everyone to our level, whatever that is. They wanna bring him down to their level rather than to exalt those who display greatness. And so I wanna encourage you, church family, don't dismiss the greatness that we see in others. When you see someone else do something great and wonderful and amazing, honor them, bless them, encourage them, spur them on. Even if you don't agree with everything in their life, when they do something great, you need to honor them. Help them see the greatness in their own life so that they may achieve even more. Fight the temptation to pull the rug out from people when they do well. It's our natural tendency as humans. And so fight that temptation and exalt others. Humble yourself before others. Don't be like these men and women of Nazareth who took offense to Jesus, as verse three says. It, that, that means they, it caused them to stumble. So his great teaching, his encouragement, his wisdom, his insight into the scripture caused them to stumble. It didn't help them, no, it hurt them. Because what does Jesus say? The reason why they were offended, this famous line that has existed forever that we use in all kinds of places. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own household. You may have experienced that same phrase. I know I have. Throughout my 25 plus years of ministry, I've said things over and over and over again to Sunday school groups, to the church at, the, at large, to deacons, to leadership, you know, same thing for five straight years. A consultant, a guest preacher, somebody from more than 50 miles away comes in. They say the same exact thing and the church is like, wow, we've never heard it like that before. You're laughing because it's true. <laughs> Sometimes uh, our familiarity causes us to miss the wisdom right in front of us. The same is true in your own household. You tell your kids the same thing over and over and over and over again for 25 years and then a parent, another parent or a coach or a teacher or a band instructor, someone else from the outside says the exact same thing. And they're like, he is a genius. Yes, we know. May we not miss the wisdom right in front of us. And we not miss it. Just because it's not our idea or it isn't from the, the lips of the person that we actually want to hear it from. And we not miss the wisdom right in front of us. And the people of Nazareth missed it. They missed it completely. And sometimes we miss it because we're a little too close to somebody or we think surely this I know the better way. Or yes, I've heard it, thank you for the 900th time. 
That's most of our problems. We've heard it so many times that we don't want to listen anymore. But let's not miss the wisdom right in front of us. And so students, parents, church members, when someone provides us a nugget of truth, let's take it, let's embrace it, let's live it out. Because when we don't do that, like the, the folks of Nazareth, we don't do that, God doesn't work. He doesn't move. He, he doesn't demonstrate himself before us when we dismiss the things of God, when we dismiss the truth. Because as a result of their unbelief, Jesus could not perform miracles. Now, let me remind you, uh, Jesus is 100% God. Uh, he is limitless he is not limited. And so it wasn't that he could not, but what does Jesus in his earthly ministry, what does he rely on to see mighty things happen? Faith. He wants to see the faith of the people come to life so that he can carry out his mighty works. Without faith, Jesus was not going to display his greatness. And so it wasn't a matter of Jesus being limited. He was looking for the presence of faith. And when faith isn't present, Jesus doesn't go somewhere else to find someone, someones, who will look to him and look to him alone. And so his hometown missed out on the beauty of faith and the miracle of healing and hope. He didn't display his greatness before them. And he marveled, he, he was astonished at their unbelief. That's true of all of us, isn't it? When the people closest to us don't believe in us, it's hard to believe that. Because those are the people that you would assume would be the biggest supporters, your largest cheerleaders, the people who are gonna, gonna be with you all the time. And yet Jesus' hometown didn't want anything to do with him. He marveled at the length at which they would go to display their unbelief. Right? They'd already displayed it once. Hey, let's take him to the edge of the cliff. The Bible's exciting, people. Like the Old Testament makes the New Testament look pretty tame too, so. But if you want adventure, just read the Bible. It was staggering. But here's the thing. It didn't stop him. Just because his hometown <coughs> didn't want him, didn't want to listen, didn't want to hear, he kept going. It was a tremendous lesson for the disciples as well. Here are these 12 guys who are following around like, man, if you can't even do it in your hometown, how are you going to make it in the world? Right? That, that's kind of the idea. Like, if you can't make it in hometown, how are you going to go? So, but he's, no, we're going to go. We're going to keep going. And so he went about among the other villages teaching. It's a tremendous lesson for you and me. Rejection by one group of people should not discourage us. 
It shouldn't discourage us. If the creator of the universe was rejected and I get rejected, man, I'm in great company. I'm in good company. If Jesus wasn't 100% effective in sharing the truth about who he was, then I don't need to worry about the fact that someone in my office, someone in my school, someone in my neighborhood may not care about listening to me. I don't need to worry about that. I'll just go to the next person. I I don't have to stop because Jesus didn't stop. And he showed his disciples not to stop. Because immediately after this, he sends out the 12, hey, go do the same thing I'm doing. He just got rejected and he sends the 12 out. Like most of us would be like, oh, (laughs) they don't like me. I'm not sure I can do it again. What happens if they're more mean next time? More mean, what does that mean? Like you're not getting thrown off a cliff. It's, it's okay. Like if the worst thing that happens is they, you know, kind of blast you on Facebook, praise the Lord. Keep going. We must continue to share the message of Jesus. If Jesus got rejected, don't feel bad that you might get rejected. Keep sharing the greatness of Jesus. Keep sharing it. Share it in big ways and in small ways. Even this past week, when we had all the freeze and some of you had real issues in your home and others were like, hey, we were fine. Make that part of the story to exalt the greatness of Jesus. That despite I had no electricity for three days, God sustained us. Some of you, you lost some food in your freezer, so you brought it up to the church and we were to make 90 meals out of it. Man, what an what a awesome thing and bless some senior adults and some folks who didn't have electricity. What, what an amazing testimony. Those are great things that God does that sometimes we just miss out, we just blow right by. And so don't miss those opportunities, great and small, to share how Jesus is sustaining. Don't miss opportunities to share how Jesus does great things in your life and in my life. Don't miss it. Share those opportunities. Because suffering rejection is part of the Christian life. It's not optional, it's guaranteed. And if you're not suffering rejection, uh, let me encourage you. Let me challenge you that if you're not suffering rejection in some way by those outside the faith, you're not trying very hard. God's calling you to a greater thing. And so let's step up. Let's exercise our faith. Let's trust in his power and his might in our own life that he's gonna sustain us even when others don't wanna hear it. Because I guarantee you today, 
If you interact with anyone outside of this place, he's gonna give you an opportunity to share about his greatness. And so let's take those opportunities to share about the greatness of Jesus. And he will sustain you. And he, he will exalt you. He'll give you the words to say, and if you mess it up, it's okay. God's bigger than your vocabulary. He's bigger than your eloquence. He's bigger than, can you remember Romans 3.23? He's bigger than that. What he's asking for you and I to do is simply exercise our faith and trust him that he's the good father who will see us through. He's the good father who's given us the same mission that he gave his son. And so let's go in power and in strength and not worry about rejection. Will you pray with me?